Welcome to an encore presentation of a message that I'm calling Measuring What Matters, Confusion, Illusion, and Delusion. For those of you who are not aware of it, on Sunday, January 3rd, about halfway through this message, uh, we lost electrical power at the church. So the recording was lost, and afterwards, uh, several people suggested that maybe I could re-record the message so it would be available for online listeners. So here it is, and obviously over the past year, I've had the privilege of developing a fair amount of experience speaking to an empty room, so this is not the novel concept it might have been uh, last year at this time. For those of you who were present and heard the message in its original format, uh, undoubtedly you will notice some differences, and that's because I typically speak from an outline rather than a manuscript, so I rarely say the same things twice in the same exact fashion. But as we think about this idea of measuring what matters and confusion, illusion, and delusion, um, I spent some time reflecting upon our human obsession with measuring stuff, with our compulsion, if you will, to keep score. When we play games, we want to have a way to keep score regardless of whether it matters who wins and who loses, we need to keep score. Again, when we think about playing Monopoly with the family at Christmas time, uh, does it really matter who has the most hotels and motels and properties and money at the end of the game? It doesn't, but we still want to keep score. And, and as I thought about that, I thought about some of the countless other areas of our lives where we measure stuff. I thought about our height and my last in-person visit, most of them have been virtually lately, my last in-person visit with my primary care physician, when they asked me to step onto the scale and they checked my height and my weight, uh, checking the weight's usually a moment of anxiety for me, but this time um, I, I, I got defensive when they told me I was no longer six feet, I was now 5'11", and in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter whether I'm six foot or 5'11"? Probably not. But yet I found it troubling to realize that I didn't measure the way I used to measure. I think about things like our grade point average and our educational level. Those are things we measure. What grades have you completed? What degrees do you have? And I know for me recently I was signing up for an online learning experience, and they asked about my educational level. And I, and I thought for a moment, I thought... I'm 65 years old. I've had the same job or ministry position for four decades. Does it really matter what degrees I have or what degrees I don't have? But we still want to measure stuff. I think about recreational lives, and uh, obviously one of the things that I do is is fish. And if you talk to somebody who went fishing, one of the first questions we ask is, how many did you catch? And if they say they caught some, well, then the next question is, well, how big were they? So let's measure how many, let's measure how big. And if they said they caught a lot and they were really big, then our next question, if you're a fisherman, is, well, where did you catch them? And that's not a measurement. That's just, I want to go there and catch some fish, too. Uh, thinking about deer hunters, deer season uh, just wrapped up. And if you hear somebody went hunting, you ask, did you get one? Let's measure your success by whether or not you got one. And, and again, if they say, well, no, I just enjoyed being outdoors, well, that's um, their way of saying, no, I didn't get one. Uh, but if they say we got one or I got one, then we ask, 
Uh, was it a buck or was it a doe? Well, it was a buck. Well, how many points? How much did it weigh? We, we want to measure stuff. And then I think about, um, not that I have a lot of experience there, but I think about um, social media. And again, we're wanting to measure how many likes did I get? How many shares? How many friends do I have? How many followers do I have? How many retweets were there? We want to measure our success. We want to measure our level of engagement. We want to measure our effectiveness in some way, shape, or form. Uh, obviously, I'm in a unique season of life where we begin to measure things by how many children do you have? How many grandchildren do you have? How many great-grandchildren do you have? We measure all kinds of stuff. We measure our income. How much do you make? We measure the property, uh, measure our home value. We measure our net worth. We measure where we're at in our career. Have we progressed forward? So again, we measure a plethora of things, some of which may matter and some of which may not. And that's why I want to talk about measuring what matters and, and address this idea of confusion, illusion, and delusion. But I also think about our church life. And, and as a church, we measure stuff. We measure attendance. Every year we fill out annual, annual reports talking about these things. We measure attendance. We measure giving. We measure faith decisions, membership. We'll evaluate the number of programs we have. We'll look at the size of the building. We'll look at our property value in general, number of staff, number of volunteers. These are all measurements that, that especially when church leaders get together, that they tend to want to talk about. Uh, but again, we have to ask, are we measuring what matters? And then where, where I'm inclined to focus today is this idea of our own spiritual development. What do we measure with regard to our own personal spiritual development? We can think about things like frequency of attendance, and we'll hear people talk about, you know, I'm in church every Sunday, haven't missed a week in, in two decades, or, or those types of things. We can measure how long, oh, I've been going to Caring Community for 25 and a half years, or, or whatever it is. We, we measure um, our frequency of attendance. We measure our tenure. We may measure victory over specific uh, sins or areas of where we have desired to grow. We may measure our Bible reading. Again, it's first Sunday of the new year, and, and lots of people probably started Bible reading programs, and that's absolutely awesome. And, and sometimes we'll get together and we'll, we'll talk about, you know, I've read the Bible cover to cover X number of times. I remember a few years back we did a Bible reading program, and the goal was to read the Bible in 90 days. And for those who are able to persevere and do that, what a neat accomplishment. What a great measurement. What a great way to get an overview of the entire Bible. Uh, when I think about measuring our own spiritual development, we also, you know, we'll measure areas of service. Well, I serve in this capacity and I serve on this board and I'm involved in this process, project. So those are just some of the things that we measure when it comes to our own spiritual development. Well, what I want us to wrestle with a bit today is what can happen if we're measuring the wrong things. And as my subtitle indicated, there are several things that can happen. One is confusion. 
if I'm measuring the wrong things, then things just don't seem to add up. I may find myself thinking, how come nothing changes? And I think about a couple of things that, again, I know they've changed their format over over the years, and especially with regard to the past year. But I think about things like um, Alcoholics Anonymous and Weight Watchers. Uh, those programs were based on regular meetings and accountability. Uh, but again, as I think about Weight Watchers, if, if I make every meeting, I go to every meeting, I walk right in, I measure, I get on the scale and measure my weight, and then I listen to the program and the instruction, and I do not miss a meeting. But I don't actually do anything with the information I gather, then I can be confused. Going to meetings, how come nothing's changing? Well, it's probably because I'm not doing any of the work. So simply measuring attendance is not always a good indicator. It may help the process, but it's not necessarily a good indicator that we're measuring what matters. Another one of those that I said is, is illusion. When things are not what they appear to be. And sometimes, if we're measuring the wrong things, we can begin to think that all of my attempts to change are worthless because it's never going to get any better, so why try? And, And again, that's because we're measuring the wrong things, and it gives us the illusion that our our efforts aren't making a difference. And that's especially when we measure things that are short-term, and the changes we're looking to make are more of a long-term nature. Sometimes, if you're driving a big vehicle, it takes a long time to make the turn. If you've been going in the same direction for a really long time, it can take time to make that turn. And if we're just measuring the tiniest of things, we may lose sight of the progress we're actually making and buy into the illusion that things are never going to get any better. And so our motivation to keep trying decreases. And then the third one is delusion. And that's one we've, uh, for lack of a better phrase, we've lost touch with reality to our own detriment. And again, the delusion, and we lose touch with reality, sometimes we can begin to think that we're fine. We don't need to make any changes because we're measuring the wrong things, and we think we're okay. When in essence, we may need to make changes, but we've been deluded to the point that we don't even try because we don't think we need to. I may feel perfectly good about my weight and my overall health, but if my blood pressure, my body mass indicator, my indicator uh, suggests I'm not, if my health is not as good as I perceive it to be based on realistic measurements, then I'm deluded and I can pay the price for that. I want to just share uh, a couple of examples about this confusion, illusion, and delusion from my life. And again, as I've said before, this is when I use myself as an illustration, it's not an attempt to elevate myself and give you the impression I've got it all figured out, because trust me, I don't. It is not a desire to belittle myself 
and, and do penance in front of all of you. It's simply because by using illustrations from my life, and in this case, relatively benign illustrations, it can just, perhaps my hope is, it helps you identify with the concepts that I'm trying to communicate. So as I thought about this confusion, illusion, and delusion, I, I thought about a couple of areas of my life. And one was in the academic realm. Some of you have heard me say before that as I went through the process, you know, kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high school, and got into college, I, I was a I was a good student uh, throughout the entire process. Uh, I do have a bachelor's degree, and unlike some people who managed to get their bachelor's degree in four years, it took me six years. Um, but as I approached the end of that six-year bachelor degree, I had an epiphany. And I only had a couple classes left to go to complete my degree at Spring Arbor. And I had a breakthrough, and I realized that throughout virtually my entire academic career, all the way through elementary school, through middle school, through high school, through junior college, and through most of my time at Spring Arbor, I'd been measuring the wrong things. I was measuring simply my grades and not whether or not I was actually learning and retaining, processing and applying the material. So while I was getting good grades, I had a good GPA, what oftentimes would happen is I would study to get grades, and as soon as I got the grades, the material was gone. Now, I understand that sometimes can be a part of the process, but for me, it was keeping me from gaining the most benefit I possibly could from the educational experience. And so, again, that's one of those things where by measuring the wrong things, yes, grades matter. Um, Young people don't tell your parents grades don't matter because they do. But what matters more is whether I'm actually processing the material in a way that will make a difference in my life. Another area that I thought of, and that again is relatively benign, uh, that helps to illustrate what can happen when we measure the wrong stuff, is financially. And as you think about it, and one of the things that the, the Financial Peace University really finally helped me to grasp a few years back, is in our culture, we tend to measure our income. And whenever we have financial challenges, the solution is to increase our income. And so we're always measuring income. But again, as as financial peace helped me to realize and to understand, if I'm simply measuring income without measuring outflow, then I will always be chasing my tail. Because if I'm always spending more than I'm bringing in, I will never bring in enough. The solution is to measure, yes, I need to measure income, but I also need to measure and manage my spending. And only, regardless of how much I earn, if I'm spending more, I'm always behind. But if at some point I begin to measure the right things and measure both income and spending or outflow, all of a sudden I can begin to gain ground. And then the other illustration I would use, and 
this is another part of my personal experience. As many of you know, um, after my faith and my family, for the past several years, one of my primary areas or interests has been shooting handgun competitively. And I threw a picture up uh, of me at a, at a competition from a couple years ago and, and showing my game face on. Um, and this is right about where the power went out. So uh, nobody other than me saw the picture, and I'm looking at it right now as we work through the notes again. But as I work through this recreational uh, pursuit of mine, if I'm measuring myself by others, those whom I shoot with, I can be vulnerable to those three areas that I've mentioned. I can be vulnerable to delusion. If I continually evaluate myself based upon other shooters who are less experienced than I am, I can have develop an inflated view of my abilities. I can begin to think, wow, I'm all that. I'm, I'm really good. And my motivation to keep improving can decrease because I kind of delude myself into thinking I'm as good as I need to be. The other end of the spectrum is illusion. And if I continually evaluate myself by the performance of those who are more experienced, who are just flat out better than I am, If I'm not careful, I can end up with a deflated view of my abilities and my motivation to improve can decrease as well. So deluded, I'm not motivated to improve because I don't think I need to. Illusion, I'm not motivated to improve because I don't think it's going to make a difference. And I shared with someone recently as we were talking about something totally unrelated to this message that from time to time I will go to a larger competition. Usually it involves driving three or four hours and putting out some money and an all-day commitment. And sometimes when I go to those larger matches and I don't perform up to my expectations... I'll get in the car and I'll start driving home and I kind of start to mull over what I did wrong and what I did right and back to what I did wrong. And as I buy into the illusion that I'm just terrible, I find myself thinking, you know what, as soon as I get home, I'm going to start making arrangements to sell all my shooting equipment and I'm going to go back to fishing. Because at least when I went fishing, I caught fish. Now, that's buy into a delusion, excuse me, an illusion to my own detriment. The third thing that I've mentioned is is confusion. And confusion for me with regard to shooting is when there's no consistent measurement or evaluation. It's kind of like if I do well on one thing, I think great. If I do poorly on the next thing, I think, oh, I'm terrible. And I'm just continually confused or bouncing around back and forth because there's no consistent measurement. I'm measuring the wrong things, and whatever I measure varies wildly from moment to moment. So each of those can stand in the way of my improvement. Delusion, 
uh, thinking I'm better than I am and by comparing myself to, to those who are less experienced. Illusion, uh, thinking I'm worse than I am by comparing myself to those who are way better than I am. Confusion by continually evaluating myself based on different standards. So what I've come to realize is what I need is what I would simply refer to as a realistic assessment. Now, when it comes to my recreational pursuits, that's comparing, evaluating, measuring myself against my previous scores on similar drills or exercises or competitions. So looking at how I'm doing today versus how I did a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, that begins to help me make a realistic assessment of where I'm at in my process or my attempt to develop my skill set and to get matter to get better. And and again, part of that comes from being intentional about measuring specific skills and then comparing those measurements not to other people, but comparing them to my past performances. And that's how I begin to get a realistic perspective. Now, again, just think about what I just talked about with regard to delusion, illusion, and confusion. And just think about our spiritual lives and how tempting it is for us to look at those around us and measure our spiritual progress based on them. We may look at some of those grand old saints of the church and how faithful they are and and how they've just kept their shoulder to the to the grindstone, just always pushing forward and just continually growing, reading the Bible, engaging in people's lives. And we, we can look at that and we begin, can begin to have a deflated view of our own progress. The same way with regard to the delusional piece, where we can look at others and think, oh, I'm not nearly as messed up as they are, so so I'm pretty good. Well, neither one of those are appropriate, and, and unfortunately, I think most of us kind of end in the confusion. If we're in church and there's a particular message or a song, or we see a study online, or, or we have a conversation with somebody, we may evaluate ourselves in that particular moment in a good way. And then we may hear another message or have another experience and we evaluate ourselves in a, in a less than positive way. And, and so we're always bouncing around. So I would suggest that when it comes to our own individual and our corporate faith, there's a measurement that matters. There are several measurements that matter, and we'll probably talk about more of them in the weeks to come in this series. But today I simply want to emphasize one of the measurements that matters. And that's life change. Real, sustained, ongoing life change. I may not have gone as far as I would like to go in my faith journey, but I have, I am, and I will be moving forward and making progress. Real, there is substantive life change. Sustain, I keep plugging away. Sometimes I may feel like I'm gaining ground by the yards, and other times I may feel like I'm gaining ground by the inches, but I'm taking ground. And it's ongoing. Whether I am new to the faith and this whole stuff, I'm just figuring it out, or whether I've been at it for decades, literally, 
I'm still looking forward, and I'm still moving forward. And that's the measurement that matters. Not where somebody else is in their journey, but where I am, and that I'm not where I was. A couple passages of scriptures that speak to this, and the first one is from 1 Samuel, and and it's from when Samuel was being directed by God to pick a successor for King Saul, who had gone off the rails, and God was preparing to replace him as king. And again, Samuel was directed to David's family, and he's evaluating David's older brothers. And uh, in those days, the the older was always the first choice because he had seniority, he was bigger, he was more impressive, had more life experience. But here's what God said in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. In other words, don't measure the wrong things, Samuel. Don't measure how he looks. Don't measure his height. That's not what I'm measuring. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord doesn't measure the outward appearance, but the Lord measures the heart. Real, sustained, ongoing life change, heart change. Next passage is one I've looked at before in the first Sunday of a new year. Uh, it's just great stuff. And it's the Apostle Paul's writing in, in Philippians. And again, he's kind of laying out some of his credentials uh, to his readers. And he's kind of establishing, again, his credibility uh, and why he has the right to say some of the things that he's saying. So in Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 4, He says, though I myself have reasons for confidence in the flesh. So again, to put it in today's terminology, or the terminology of this message, if I were going to measure myself by the wrong measurements, I've got plenty of reasons for confidence. If someone, uh, picking up back up with verse 4, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Again, if I'm measuring myself by those standards, I've got it covered. Verse 5, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. In other words, when it comes to the Jewish faith, I've got credentials. If you measure me by that standard, I'm off the charts. Verse 6, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the laws, faultless. Measuring by these standards, I'm faultless. Verse 7, but whatever gain were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. In other words, all those measurements, those measurements don't matter. I want to be measured, Paul's saying, by the things that matter. Verse 8, what is more, I consider everything a loss. All that stuff that if you measured would look really good on paper, all that I consider everything a loss, continue with verse 8, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. In other words, don't measure that other stuff. Measure my real, sustained, ongoing life change in gaining Christ. Verse 9, and may, and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, on the basis of faith. 
I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Measure me by how closely I identify with the life and death of Jesus Christ. Verse 11, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, he says, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Real, sustained, ongoing life change. Paul, Paul who wrote much of the New Testament on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul who started countless churches. Paul who laid the foundation for the faith upon which we stand today, or much of that foundation. He says, I, I, I'm not there yet. If I measure myself by the right things, I'm not there yet, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's measuring what matters. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, if I measure myself by the right standards, I'm not there yet. I want to keep pressing on. But one thing I do, this is what he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Our measurement of what is behind us matters. But it only matters because it's the foundation upon which we build what comes next. And we must never be deluded or buy into the illusion, or be confused by measuring the wrong things. And Paul made it very, very clear. The measurement for him was not what he had done, but it was where he was going. And I'll talk about this more in the weeks to come, but I just want to throw it out there for you to begin to think about when we talk about uh, a realistic assessment of pursuing life change that is real, sustained, and ongoing. And it's this idea, and I came across this in some reading I was doing recently, about destination versus direction. And sometimes we can be tempted to evaluate our spiritual development based on our attempt to reach a particular destination having read this many books or served in this many areas or or however we choose to. But perhaps a more accurate measurement is direction. Is there movement toward becoming more and more and more of what Christ called and created us to be and to do? When it comes to our spiritual development, we've got to grasp that we will never arrive at the destination. If Paul, with all that he had done, would say, one thing I do, I press on, then friends, I think we need to understand there's never going to be a destination that we reach this side of eternity. But we need to perpetually 
intentionally and consistently lean in to pursuing the direction that he calls us to pursue. And as I get ready to wrap up, I just want to throw out a few measurements uh, that we might want to consider for 2021 to begin to look at our spiritual journey. And the first is, is just a simple question. And again, these are questions I'm going to ask. You need to work through them on your own. But how is my heart different? How is my heart different today in early 2021 than it was a year ago in January of 2020? How's my heart different? And then looking back in time, for some of us way back, for some somewhere in between, but how is my heart different today than it was when I first entered into a relationship with Christ that was real, personal, and life-changing? How is it different? And again, as we move through this series of messages, eventually we also need to wrestle with the, with the thought of how would I like my heart to be different? When I think about this life change, when I think about measuring what matters, when I come to the first week of January in 2022, it just rocks my world to think I'm saying January of 2022, but how do you want your heart to be different? in 2022 than it is right now in 2021. And and you'll need to wrestle a bit with what would it take for those differences to come into place. Those are the kinds of measurements that matter. I mean, we could talk about other measurements. We could say, you know, I could say, you know, uh, what's your goal? How many Sundays do you want to be in church in 2021? 52 Sundays, how many do you want it to be? What's your goal? But that's not a measurement. Well, trust me, church attendance matters but not nearly as much as where's my heart now? Where's my heart been? And where do I heart, want my heart to be moving forward? So measurement for 2021, how's my heart different? In the back of our minds, how do I want my heart to be different? Then moving on, there's another passage of Scripture, and this is from James. And again, some of you have heard me say before, uh, to me... James's letter is one of the most practical how-to guides of walking in the faith. And, and James says in James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now again, listening to the word is awesome. Reading the word is necessary. It is an integral part of a life change strategy. It is an integral part of the directional movement that we're talking about. But James says, listening's awesome. But don't deceive yourselves. Don't be deluded. Don't buy into the illusion. Don't be confused by simply listening or reading. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. Confusion, illusion, delusion. If we're simply measuring the wrong thing. Just exposure to the word is not enough. And so the question for 2021 that we all need to ask ourselves, 
Am I growing as a doer of the word? Simple enough. Am I growing as a doer of the word? Increasingly becoming more and more and more obedient. Now, obviously, I will quickly throw out there. We can't do the word if we don't know the word. So we've got to be reading the word. We've got to be hearing the word. But we cannot stop at reading the word and hearing the word. We have to embrace doing the word. And then one more passage. So appropriate at the beginning of a new year. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and many of you can quote it off the top of your head as soon as you hear the reference. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Friends, we need to measure what matters by asking ourselves, am I still becoming a new creation? Oftentimes, there are peaks and valleys in our spiritual journey. Sometimes when we're new in the faith, it's just like every day we're a new creation because we're just continually changing. And sometimes we, we have times when we may think we're losing ground. And then other times we may just kind of settle in on a plateau. <clears throat> but I think the calling that we have is to continually become a new creation. It's not a one and done. So how am I different? How am I new from where I was or who I was or what I was a year ago? Another way of looking at it is based on, again, Second Corinthians 5.17. What new has come spiritually in your life this year? What new has come? And what old has gone? Was there something new that came in? New insight, new understanding, new application, new practices, new attitudes, new understanding. What what new came into your life? And what old has gone? What behaviors, what attitudes, what actions, what thoughts did you leave behind? And what are you going to do this year to keep becoming new, to keep adding new, and keep leaving behind the old? Measuring what matters. Again, as I said, this is just the first of a four-part series. And in the weeks ahead, I want us to continue to think about what measuring what matters. I don't want us to be confused. I don't want us to buy into the illusion or the delusion. I want us to begin to make realistic assessment of where we're at and be intentional about moving in the direction that God calls us to. Next week, I'm going to talk about measuring what matters. I'm going to ask you to grapple a little bit with the question, Am I a disciple? And I want us to all be thinking about being intentional about making a shift from destination mindset to direction mindset.
with that understanding, I always need to be moving in the direction of what Christ has called me to do and to be. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the hope and the promise of a new year. And Father, as people uh, process uh, this particular message, it is my prayer that all of us, myself included, would take an honest, realistic look at our journey and not beat ourselves up by comparing ourselves to others who seem to be further along on the journey, not settle for being content with where we're at in our journey, and not confused chasing after one thing and then another. But I pray that every one of us would come humbly into your presence and allow you to speak into our hearts and our minds and help us individually understand how to measure what matters for our life and that all of us would be intentional about making sure that in 2021 we measure what matters and that finds us increasingly moving in the direction that you have for us. I thank you, Father. Amen.